Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. As you know from yesterday's edition, Jim Garrity is off at his son's elementary school graduation. So congratulations to his son. Very happy to have Scott Bertram with us uh, today. Scott's been with us before. He's the general manager of Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 on the campus of Hillsdale College in Michigan. Longtime uh, radio professional. He's also the host of the Political Beats podcast. And I don't know anyone on this planet who knows more about music than Scott Bertram, which will play well into our crazy martini today. So Scott, great to have you back. Greg, good to be here. I got to tell you a quick funny story about uh, the show, which is my uh, my wife. I, I, you know, we, we share our, our schedules, our calendars via via Google, and she saw today, and uh, I'm back next week on the schedule. I have marked down three martini lunch, 11 a.m. And I went home, <laughs> I think, on Tuesday, and she said, "I mean, not everyone knows about the show, Greg. Not to, but you know, so she she doesn't know, and and she said." What is this? Because I know for a fact there is zero percent chance you are actually having a three martini lunch. You know, I don't. I don't drink a lot. So I said, No, no, no. It's we're recording a radio show. It's three martini lunch. So everything was fine. I'm so sorry to bring any uncertainty or tension into the marriage, but yes, as most hosts are very disappointed to find out there aren't actual martinis involved. So uh, uh, yes, uh, your wife can rest assured that. You will not be schnockered before noon uh, today or uh, a <laughs> couple of days next week. So, uh, so anyway, Scott, uh, good to have you with us, and, and thanks for thanks for doing this. I guess anything to distract you from the White Sox for a few minutes would be good. Uh, I know yeah. it's been a little bit of a frustration for you so far, but you're doing better than the Cubs, or I think you are. So. That's not a high bar to clear. The Cubs <laughs> are supposed to be rebuilding. We're supposed to be World Series contenders. <laughs> yes, I realize that. Your payroll's slightly different. But uh, uh, by the way, the Three Martini Lunch brought to you in part today by X Chair. Many of us spend more time every day in our office chair than in our cars or beds. That's why it's so important to invest in the right chair to spend those hours with the right level of support and comfort get the, to get the most productivity out of your day. Now, Jim is not here, but we have Jim's voice to talk about how much he loves his X Chair. X Chair has made my time at my desk not only more productive, but it's honestly my favorite place to sit for any reason. Not only does X Chair's patented Dynamic Variable Lumbar, or DVL, offer the ultimate customized support, but my X Chair can even give me a massage or heat up or cool down. And now, thanks to X Chair's new FS360 armrests, I can even adjust my armrests to the perfect position. All of these unique X-Chair features help the hours at my desk fly by in complete comfort. And that is why I love my X-Chair. Go to xchairmartini.com right now. That's the letter X, chair, M-A-R-T-I-N-I.com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 per month. xchairmartini.com. All right, Scott, let's move on to our good martini. We talked about uh, good election results in the recall of the San Francisco District Attorney, Chesa Boudin, yesterday. We talked about how a non-crazy candidate could end up being elected Los Angeles mayor. But there were other elections in different states, primaries going on, and we want to focus on Iowa, 
where some state legislators on the Republican side did not win their primaries. And you're thinking, okay, why are you making this such a big deal? Well, there's a reason they lost their primaries. And uh, Scott, kudos to you for flagging this story. It goes back to May. This is from May 23rd, where it says, Governor Kim Reynolds' signature education proposal to give 10,000 families taxpayer-funded scholarships to pay private school expenses won't become law this year, House Speaker Pat Grassley confirmed Monday. The bill's defeat culminates weeks of behind-the-scenes negotiations as Reynolds tried unsuccessfully to convince enough House Republican lawmakers to support the measure. Its failure sets the scholarship plan up as a defining campaign issue for both Republicans and Democrats this year. And oh boy, did it. That was from the Des Moines Register. Primary day was Tuesday. Uh, this is from Iowa Public Radio. Four Republican state lawmakers lost their primary races Tuesday night after Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds endorsed their opponents. All four incumbents opposed the governor's bill to create state-funded scholarships for private school expenses. So, Scott, uh, you and I have talked about this. We've talked about this uh, with Jim a lot. School choice is an automatic winner for Republicans if they focus on it. These legislators didn't see that. A golden opportunity got kicked to the curb. Hopefully elections go well enough this fall that Iowa's going to get this right next year. Yeah, and I have to credit uh, Corey DeAngelis over at Cato for also flagging these results on Tuesday night, who's a huge school choice advocate, and you can follow him on Twitter and at elsewhere. But I, I've I've been a, a massive proponent of school choice going back uh, more than a decade. I mean, essentially my entire radio career, it's been an issue that I focused on quite intensely. And that's uh, it, for selfish reasons. You know, I live in Illinois for much of my life, and Illinois has essentially no school choice whatsoever anywhere. You're either going to the public school in your in your zip code or you got to pay for for private school. There are a, a few charters in Chicago and Rockford and Peoria, but they have a hard limit on charters in the state of Illinois. I'm here now in Michigan where there's a fairly robust school choice program. And you look at other states that are doing it like Florida and Indiana and uh, like in the city of Milwaukee in, in Wisconsin. And school choice, of course, has taken on such a more prominent role in politics, especially on the Republican side. Since the lockdowns and people uh, got a chance to see what was happening in their schools via via Zoom classes or perhaps got a better look at the curriculum that was being used and parents want choices. I am I am utterly amazed that we uh, Americans demand choice in everything. We demand to pick our, our cell phone carrier and to choose between Apple and Samsung and Google whatever for our phones. And yet we somehow just take as 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 inevitability the fact that we we can only send our children to the school that has been assigned to us it just makes no sense and so we, we are seeing these these programs expand in many places uh here in iowa again four republican state lawmakers lose as you mentioned three lost to total newcomers in politics and one lost one was a like a state senator and a state house member something like that going against each other so two two semi or two two incumbents and i'm interested to see if this becomes and you know uh, many of the Republicans, not not all, but many are, are are voting against school choice because they are perhaps receiving money from teachers unions or need to stay in good graces with the unions in their district. But I am curious to see if this becomes an issue like essentially, uh, you know, abortion has become on the Republican side of the aisle, which is um, if you are not a pro-life legislator trying to get nominated uh, and, and there's an opponent who is going to be pro-life, there's a pretty good certainty you're going to lose. And I wonder if school choice is going to become like that, perhaps even in this, you know, in this entire primary cycle this time. If you are not going to vote in favor of school choice, 
if you were not going to vote in favor of charters, if you were not going to vote in favor of a, a, a voucher program, perhaps, depending on what's being introduced in your state, you are going to lose. Now, that's exactly right. And uh, that's the greatest motivator of all, regardless of who might be kicking into your campaign or who might make your life miserable if you vote a certain way. If the voters are sending a very clear signal uh, and, you know, these four legislators could be the canaries in the coal mine, not only in Iowa, but elsewhere, that the voters really, really want this. And uh, that is a great way to change people's minds when their jobs could be on the line for that. And, and by the way, if you heard me say Iowa House Speaker Pat Grassley, yeah, that's the grandson of Chuck Grassley, who was nominated for his eighth term in the U.S. Senate on Tuesday night. So uh, Chuck will be 89 later this year, which means if he is reelected, which is looking very likely and serves out a six year term, he'll be 95 uh, when he presumably exits the Senate. But who knows? <laughs> you never know. That's right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, in addition uh, to um, the X chair, which we talked about earlier, we are also sponsored in part today by Omaha Steaks. One of my favorite things about uh, being uh, given the opportunity to advertise for Omaha Steaks is getting Omaha Steaks. The steaks are fantastic to grill. Mrs. Karumbas does a fantastic job. They're juicy, they're tender, and they're wrapped in bacon. I mean, what could possibly be better than that? They also have fantastic Omaha Steaks burgers. Uh, my father-in-law is the best burger maker that I've ever seen, and even he says these are fantastic burgers. So, if you don't believe me, uh, believe him. Uh, Father's Day is coming up soon, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, and I'm pretty sure Scott would agree with this, dads want steaks. They like the ties, they like the cards, they like the crafts. We also like steaks. So Omaha Steaks is doing the Dads Want Steaks package for $99. You can get 16 mouth-watering entrees, including the tender bacon-wrapped filet mignons, gourmet jumbo franks, and their air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, and for a sweet finish, delicious caramel apple tartlets. Plus, eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. So visit omahasteaks.com and type martini into the search bar and order the Dad's Want Steaks package today. You'll get eight of their new, bigger Omaha Steaks burgers absolutely free. And because it's Omaha Steaks, everything is backed by their 100% money-back guarantee. That's omahasteaks.com and type martini into the search bar and order the Dad's Want Steaks package today. All right, Scott, on to our bad martini now. And it was breaking news yesterday uh, when we were recording Three Martini Lunch uh, that we learned of the arrest of the person who traveled from California to Maryland in an attempt to assassinate Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Thankfully, there was enough security around uh, that this person was caught and uh, apprehended. But, of course, the liberal media is uh, doing some whataboutisms and they're uh, to kind of downplaying the significance of this threat in the actual neighborhood of the Supreme Court justice. A uh, little bit of contrast from yesterday. First of all, uh, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy saying, you know, the Senate has actually passed legislation to beef up uh, security for Supreme Court justices, but you people in the House haven't done that yet. Earlier today, a man was arrested for plotting to kill Justice Kavanaugh. Over a month ago, the Senate unanimously passed a bill to provide more security for Supreme Court justices and their family. But House Democrats have let that bill gather dust. This is the same parties whose heated rhetoric has encouraged political pressure on conservative justices. Speaking of uh, the justices, the protesters didn't even take a day off after this news, Scott. They were back in Kavanaugh's neighborhood last evening. Hey, hey. Oh, oh. Kavanaugh has got to go. Hey, hey. Oh, oh. Kavanaugh has got to go. Hey, hey. 
And the Democrats don't seem to understand, Scott, that that's actually against the law. They just choose not to enforce it yes. to protest outside uh, the justices' homes uh, in the proper spaces. Uh, protests uh, certainly protected free speech. Although I think uh, I'm getting close to the point where you have to have something other than hey, hey, ho, ho, uh, because, um, you know, that's been going on for over 50 years now. Uh, at, at this point, it's like writing a poem that starts roses are red, violets are blue. I mean, come on, something <laughs> that's, new. That's exactly. So uh, what do you make of uh, the Democrats kind of giving a shrug here, not actually obviously endorsing violence against the justices, but kind of pretending it never happened? It's Democrats, it's the media, and it's it shouldn't be confounding to us, I suppose, at this point, but it still amazes me. If you look at the coverage, you know, I, I read the Chicago Tribune every morning in, in, uh, in uh, you know, PDF form, the, the print version in PDF form. They had nothing about an attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice on the front page. You had to go to B2, not even the front page of the second section, but the second page oh of the sec second section to find out anything about this story. The New York Times this morning had a tiny, uh, you know, half inch blurb, you know, four more turned to, I think it was A20 or A21, again, of an attempted assassination of a U.S. Supreme Court justice, uh, which, again, just the circumstances of this case uh, uh, beg for interest. I mean, you have a leaked opinion of a Supreme Court case, which the suspect apparently has admitted is what is motivating him, driving him to go to the Supreme Court justice's house, armed with guns, knives, zip ties, uh, pepper spray, etc. That's an interesting story. That's a story you think people would be interested in and reporters would be interested in to share with readers, viewers, etc. And it's just not. And I, I, I mean, I, I, at some point it's cliche. At some point it gets a little tiring to say, can you imagine if? But right, I mean, can you imagine if? This was going to be an opinion to uphold abortion rights. And some wacko went to uh, uh, went to Sonia Sotomayor's house armed to the tooth with intent to kill that that would end up on a 21 on the New York Times uh, print edition. It is it is beyond comprehension that that would happen. And it is beyond comprehension that this story isn't taken more seriously by those uh, reporters and media entities whose job it is to inform the public about what's going on. And you see the same thing happening. I don't want to change subject, but you see the same thing happening uh, with these, you know, uh, 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 crisis pregnancy centers being firebombed in many locations. Uh, that is not getting the coverage that it deserves either. Doesn't help the narrative. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it, 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 we get a little bit tired of saying, can you imagine if? But it's so true. I mean, if this had been a liberal justice or even Ju Chief Justice Roberts, if he had sided, which it looks like he is in this case, with the with the more liberal justices, I mean, this would have been wall to wall breaking news. We would have to have national conversations. And the breaking wall-to-wall -wall news would have been justified. And so because the media and the left, I think it would probably be happening regardless of the issue, but abortion is so sacrosanct to them on the left uh, that violence against the clinics, like you mentioned, or uh, violence uh, against a Supreme Court justice, we can't give that enough oxygen as it deserves because it might uh, damage the the result that we're hoping to get here. It's just Greg, why, bizarre. Why aren't CNN reporters heading up and down the halls of Congress asking Democratic senators and House members if they <laughs> believe their rhetoric has contributed to the situation? Chuck Schumer on the steps of the Capitol saying, uh, you know, uh, literally calling out Brett Kavanaugh by name, right? You will reap the whirlwind. You will pay the price. You know, Mitch McConnell, if he would, if he, you know, two years ago, Mitch McConnell would have gotten up and said, Sonia, Sonia Sotomayor, you will reap the whirlwind. You will pay the price. And then this happens. 
they, they would be scraping themselves off the ceiling uh, trying to get to Republicans in the House and Senate to get them to condemn what had been happening and the rhetoric in their party. And it's just not it's just not happening. You're absolutely right, except for one thing. You had way too much inflection in your voice for Mitch McConnell. It would have been <laughs> Sonia Sotomayor will reap the whirlwind. Even that was probably too fast. <laughs> it's a pretty good uh, McConnell impression. I'd make sure you bring that back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, speaking of uh, bringing uh, back, uh, let's talk about another great sponsor for the Three Martini Lunch. We're brought to you in part today by NetChoice. As Americans, innovation has always been what makes us different. America's tech industry does outpace the world, and we have the most innovative companies that power our economy and way of life. And why? Free market innovation. That's what makes us number one. Some in Washington, though, want to put big government in charge of America's top innovators attacking our own in the name of competition, while our true competitors like Europe and China close the gap. NetChoice believes congressional conservatives must stand for American innovation, not big government, by rejecting progressive antitrust proposals. They encourage you to tell your senator to oppose Senator Amy Klobuchar's Senate Resolution 2992. Learn more about this fight and send a letter to your representatives at netchoice.org slash 2992. This message was brought to you by NetChoice. Did a bad accounting rule lead to the 2008 financial crisis? I'm Bill Walton. On the latest edition of The Bill Walton Show, I'll tackle that question. I'll also share my insights from decades in the private equity world and explain what it takes to be successful. Join John Tamney of Real Clear Markets and me as we break down the memoir of Blackstone Stephen Schwarzman. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So as I said at the top, Scott is one of the most knowledgeable people on the topic of music, and as you've already heard on many other subjects as well. Uh, but uh, music uh, is one of his greatest passions. If you haven't listened to uh, Political Beats, I highly encourage you to do so. You can find that at Ricochet and all the great places you get podcasts, Apple and so forth. Scott, the Grammys, like many award shows, people are kind of getting tired of them, and so fewer people are watching and so, therefore, they're trying to come up with new reasons to get people to watch. And so they're going to add a bunch of new categories. But the one that's getting our attention today, and you flagged this one as well on a website called Stereo Gum, the noisiest of the new awards, however, they say, is probably the nebulously defined Special Merit Award Edition for Best Song for Social Change. The Academy defines the award like this. Submissions must contain lyrical content that addresses a timely social issue and promotes understanding, peace building, and empathy. So, Scott, I assume that pro-life people, pro-school choice, you know, lots of conservative people, oh, sure. because they want social change, will be very much in the running for these Grammys, right? I think that is doubtful. <laughs> Someone had uh, had flagged me this morning and said, oh, Eric Clapton. Good news for Eric Clapton. He has the anti, anti-vax, uh, anti-mandatory vaccination songs uh, with Van Morrison over the past year. Good news for those two guys. Not very likely. This is so strange. It's you know, The Grammys don't have categories like this. This makes me think that it's something like uh, what the, the MTV Movie Awards or the Nickelodeon Awards where they have Best Kiss or uh, you know the, those strange categories for the movies. Now we've got Best Social, Best Song for Social Change at the Grammy Awards. The Grammys don't recognize things like this. They, do, not, they don't have Best Love Song or Best Song about driving down the highway with the top down at 75 miles per hour. 
That's not the kind of thing they do, but all of a sudden they are. Best song for social change. Understanding, peace building, and empathy. Someone also had mentioned to me, you know, is, is there a uh, posthumous award coming for Harry Chapin for Cats in the Cradle to bring awareness to the problem of, of dads not being attentive to their children and then finally learning a lesson 40 years down the road? Could he win an award here at the Grammys? Good point. Excellent point. Yeah, I feel like, you know, if they really cared about this, they probably would have started it 50 years ago when all the uh, activism and, and the hippies and the anti-Vietnam people started doing this. But uh, this is obviously a different era because back then they still cared more about actual talent and ability and musicality than they do now. Now they're just looking for clicks and eyeballs. And, and so they think this is going to get more lefties to watch, I guess. Have you watched the Grammys in recent years? I have not watched the Grammys since the day after Whitney Houston died. All right, and so, you know, th- th- that is not a uh, unique story. That is, ratings <laughs> will tell us that. Yeah. But, you know, when I was young, it was a very big deal. And it was also pretty neat because it gave uh, viewers a sort of sampling from all of the different styles of music. And I was not a country fan growing up, I- even though I wasn't. When the Grammys came around, you'd hear, you know, the, one of the nominees for Best Country Song, wherever the category was. So you'd, you'd sort of see all these different genres in one show and the best being recognized. And I I have not watched full shows in recent years, but uh, when I see the list of of performers, it all seems so homogenous, you know, coming from the very, a very small sliver of sort of the musical world, which is the the, the top 40 sort of, sort of world. And and less so from, you know, take your pick Americana folk, even rock and roll uh, country as well. In many ways, you don't have that same sort of, picture, full picture of what's happening in the musical world in a given year. No, it's really changed. I watched it all the time uh, growing up into my teenage years, probably into my college years and even beyond that. Uh, and then somewhere, like you said, uh, the music went <laughs> in a direction that they, they focused in areas that just weren't as appealing uh, uh, to me anymore. Uh, but yeah, adding this, I think, might be the, the biggest wincing of a, of a Grammy decision since they gave uh, Millie Vanilli Best New Artist back in the day. But they took that one back. Remember, they, they took it back after they found out they were faking things. They took it back. Oh, uh, they were. They were. Well, whoever the real guys were, weren't bad. But uh, the, the guys on stage, uh, not so much. So, they were good dancers. <laughs> They were good dancers. And they had fun hair. Uh, anyway, uh, Scott, great to have you with us today. You will be back on Tuesday, correct? And Mrs. Bertram, it is not three actual martinis in the morning. I'm sorry to say in some cases, but in this case, I'm happy to tell. <laughs> happy to tell that that's the case. So, Scott, great to be, have you with us today, and we'll talk to you soon. Greg, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Scott Bertram, General Manager at uh, Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 on the campus of Hillsdale College. Uh, he is uh, also the host of the Political Beats podcast uh, and has been a broadcast professional for many, many years. So looking forward to having him back again on Tuesday. But Jim Garrity will be here tomorrow. So join us then for the next edition of the Three Martini Lunch. China is on a mission to destroy the United States and our government refuses to see it or do anything about it. I'm Sarah Carter on the latest Sarah Carter Show. Washington Times China expert Bill Gertz joins me to explain how China is poised to weaken and cripple our nation from its endless military ambitions to its irregular warfare of pumping fentanyl into the United States. Join us. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.